Welcome back to Good to Geek Out. Good place to go to geek out. We're going to geek out really quick. Get right to it. Episode three and four, War for Cybertron. Second half, uh, Earthrise, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Four, San Antonio. Transformer rollout, fellas. Big Greg, West Hills, Cali. What's good? Omar with a new cut from Gardena. Rob Lucy with an old cut from <laughs> Phoenix, Oregon. <laughs> knock coming from San Francisco. Uh, all right, so we start off episode three. And uh, how did Bumblebee become an Autobot so quick? And all of a sudden, he's Optimus's Jiminy Cricket? Oh, because, of, man, this episode, they started to really just throw all of these little footballs out there back to like the movie, the old cartoon episode, everything. I mean, it was so much, I mean, you know, Bumblebee with his, you know, uh, his Autobot emblem right there on his chest, right on his sternum. That was pretty dope. Uh, we start hearing more about Teletran one. I was, I was amped. I was like, okay, I'm, I'm loving, I'm loving where this episode is going. And then there's just so much more, you know, I know we'll get into it in the, in the, um, context of the conversation but i was i was after this episode i loved it what i felt in this episode to uh to get to ed's point i feel that they're really ramping it up towards heading towards g1 to omar's point i think that it is a touch of goofy walking pluto um there is that uh they're both dogs right um, but it, there's also just really other interesting implications because if Teletran one is alive, artificial intelligence, and they're creating life, like, you know, like how do Autobots give birth? You know, like we, they never talk about creating new Autobots, but they created this ship if that's the case. So it's an interesting kind of concept of what technobiology, tech, technology, um. I guess. Um, well, I, I wanted to uh, touch on one thing to your point, Rob. I think it, a lot of it has to do, if you go back to the old cartoon, like the all spark or the spark of life. So if they didn't give that spark to Teletran 1, maybe in their minds they don't technically think he's sentient. Um, the other thing I want to rewind, rewind to just a bit, uh, getting back to uh, Bumblebee, is uh, it's the first time where Prime is like, hey, I screwed up. We need to get back to... Cybertron, we need to find the AllSpark and get back to Cybertron. And that's where uh, Bumblebee's like, hey, I'm with you. And then Prime's like, oh, you're an Autobot now. And he's like, oh, yeah. Oh, that's when they were was planet surfing on the, uh, on, on the outside. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah. and the thing is, is that as cute as the planet surfing was, and I think you're 100% correct on that, Luce, is this, this show has actual artists that are doing it which is a really interesting, like, I mean, we see it in some of the bigger strokes that they do, but they do small things like this. And right now, Optimus, you know, I, you know as I do, I just, I just got done watching it. Uh, Optimus is on the outside. Optimus isn't on the inside with the rest of the Autobots. He's physically and being represented artistically on the outside looking, being like, I fucked up. Like the AllSparks out there somewhere, like I got to go in there. And like, they're calling you on the bridge. You know, it's not just, hey, we've got like, 
again, metaphorically, they're still asking for you. You're still the captain. They still need you on the bridge. And then you have Bumblebee coming out in that classic, again, yellow, red. And, and it's interesting because later when you see the Decepticon symbol being removed, it's, uh, you know, to go to Lucy's, uh, you know, uh, Marine Corps thing, you know, like there's this thing about becoming one of, uh, of a thing and getting it tatted on you and having that symbol being, you know, in a, whatever your, your larger group may be. So it really is a beautiful, if not moving fast, uh, way to kind of set up, I think, G1 and to set up where Optimus is in our story outside looking in as an Autobot. But to get into Optimus and Bumblebee here, and, the, and it carries throughout these two episodes, and I think I had noticed it at the beginning of these last episodes, I do not like Optimus's voice. No. It is grating on me during the fight, like when he's doing like the monotone, Optimus is supposed to be monotone, but like there is something about its gravelly gratiness in the fight when like the, there's something about clap, Classic Optimus that even when the stakes were high, I'm still talking like Optimus. Get out of here. You know, like there's this John Wayne almost staccato that definitely just, John Wayne vibe. That stays that stays consistent. And this one, there's some, I don't know, like I said, it's gravelly and it's and, and there's a pat maybe, you know, maybe it's because Optimus is on the brink and trying to figure out who he is. But like I said, it it stood out and I couldn't tell if it was an artistic choice or if I just don't like the voice actor who I'm sure is accomplished in other things but in this particular role because I have such a vivid sonic uh, rendering of what Optimus is in my mind it just clangs it sounds like a clang to me so that's where uh, <laughs> that's where okay so this was this was awesome because this is where you actually get to see uh, Autobots and Decepticons kind of clash in their ideology right uh, where you know they're they're going, and then all of a sudden they know the seekers are coming. They see they see the seekers are coming, and Alita's like, "Okay, let's 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 hide, let's spread out. We don't want them to know our location." Where the Decepticon is thinking, "Yeah, but we ain't no." Problem. Hey, you know what I'm saying? Right, right, right. It's like that. It's like that that uh that that Wu Tang Clan Forever skit where it's like, "Hey yo, ain't that black? Is that black? Don't we got beef with that kid?" And then you just hear guns, right? <laughs> Right. This is exactly what it was like. He's like, wait, wait, why are we waiting? Like, don't we got beef with them? And but then he just starts dumping. <laughs> it's more like they are used to being on top and the Autobots are used to being a guerrilla faction that run and hide, hit and run and hiding from because they have the lesser. They were the lesser of the groups. So the Decepticons are like, "Nah, we don't hide. We walk up and down the middle of the street because we own this place. And that's right. their attitude, even though they were on the run from other Decepticons. Autobot, Autobots, yeah, Autobots are more, because of that, they're more strategic, right? And Decepticons are typically hammers. Decepticons right? they, be like, yo, they call me Perceptor because it's on site. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, you know, the, the guerrilla warfare uh, fighting tactics is, is how they're going to have to survive. Um, but now there, a couple interesting things have happened. One thing, and I don't know if you guys know, because I couldn't kind of figure out the timeline. How long were Optimus Prime out? How long were they out? Because it, it seems like Cybertron has fallen really far um, where, you know, they're, as Megatron puts it later, culling 
the week so they can harvest the energon and then he makes the ship. I mean, um, it was long. It had to be long enough that no, no more energon was being made or created yeah. somehow. Uh, but I, uh, I think to frame it, or to, or the thing that gives them the X factor in that is that the arc is not is it, they're all passed out. We have no idea how long they're passed out on mm -hmm. that ship for before they find them. And so it can be a cycle. It can be ten cycles. It can be whatever they need to squeeze in story later into that point. Because I wouldn't mind if they fucking went back and covered more Quintesson stuff because I feel feel a little mm -hmm. little robbed in that corner. Um, but the, come on, we can protect you. Episodes, I understand, like, even though I know we were robbed of the Quintessons, I understand why they did. Because, like, look how much they put into these two episodes. Mm -hmm. How much action. Like, mm -hmm. these just was strictly almost all fighting, except mm -hmm. for the time when, you know, Megatron had me ready to join his team. I think that's episode uh, episode uh, four, though. Yeah. So I mean, so like onto this, the I think the next scene is uh, the the Nebulon space station stuck in the middle of um of a uh, oh, space I bridge. Keep, I keep wanting to say Stargate. Space yeah, the spa it's the it's space and, uh, bridge, right? Yeah, and for for anybody who knows Transformers Gen One and Two, uh, Nebulos is the place where they created the Headmasters and the Target Masters. So. That kind of plays cool. into things later, but it's interesting to know that they brought that back up. They could have made any random, you know, uh, right. planet name or whatever people, and the fact they pulled Nebulos out is interesting to me. I Which think that what I enjoyed about leading up to that scene, and and you know, just besides the giant visual uh, and and you know, Deep Space Nine concept of being stuck in the middle of a wormhole. Um, I think that they really start building up, I don't want to say the conflict, but the conflicting ideas that are parallel within the Autobots to the Decepticons in the sense of Wheeljack versus Ratchet. And like, you're like, these cats are never going to go to blows or anything, but they think and, and answer problems in a very different way. And, um, and they do a great job just kind of like bringing that to the forefront and when Wheeljack finally, and I guess it's weird because I have all, Wheeljack's my shit. I've always just loved Wheeljack. Something about the visual of his ears lighting up when he talks, like, like that shit was just always kind of dope. Um, yeah, just, I think that the, like no one's undermining Prime, but as Prime notes at the beginning of the thing, he's like, they should, like, like Prime's like, they should be questioning my leadership. Like they should, these, like they shouldn't be blindly following me anymore. And so you see, I guess, more agency kind of being given to everyone as he lets people figure things out without him dictating. He left all the malcontents on the planet, on Cybershop. <laughs> right. Right. All right, so how did y'all feel? All the fanatics went with him. Right. How did y'all feel about Optimus Prime and Bumblebee? standing on the ledge, staring out, and they're having this conversation, and then out of nowhere, Optimus Prime is like, you know, Bumblebee, appearances can be more than meets the eye. Uh, <laughs> he says that, and basically, in my mind, what I see is both of them look at the camera like... Piercing the floor. <laughs> <laughs> Here you go, nerds, we got you. Yeah, <laughs> I threw that in there for y'all. The last time I felt like that is when Greg said she's all on his helmet. 
that was in the last episode, and I was like, did this motherfucker just say all on his helmet? But uh, also, also when he brings up the uh, Alpha Trion, would say blow scrap up. Like that's a good yeah, one. Yeah, let's blow this scrap up. Let's just blow scrap up. Blow scrap up, man. I thought it was cool how they did the. I thought it was nice that they let Optimus deliver a joke. Yeah. Optimus doesn't get a lot of jokes. Yeah. Like he gets maybe like a snarky back, like comeback in a fight every once in a while, but they don't give him just a, and he all, like that, he literally, he set himself up for a dad joke. Like, like yeah, now that's he's, right. like <laughs> he's like, I could tell dad jokes now that I got Bumblebee around. For sure. He's the ultimate straight man. He, everybody else tells jokes. Exactly. But I think it is cool because in the last episode when they had all the Seekers uh, pop up um, in that surprise at the base, you just got all these different color combinations of Seekers. And each color combination of a Seeker is someone's story, whether it's Green Acid Storm or Thundercracker or whatever it may be. But there was a couple of new colors in there that I had not seen. And so that's always exciting because that means that there's going to be new Seekers that are going to get added. And whoever she is that just got dyed there's going to be a special seeker model of her that's made and we don't know what she looks like. So I don't know, like the, the toy geek in me is kind of excited about the potential for that. The seekers uh, have been taking L's this whole, this whole series. Yeah. It seems like there's an infinite amount of seekers. <laughs> like, they're, 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 they're approaching stormtrooper status. Yeah, no, seriously. <laughs> they never win. They never hit anything. Uh, so, let's touch on uh, when, when, uh, um, shockwave comes out hey everybody come to the arena i got salvation for you and 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 megatron's already gone is he just drawing these people in here to to, oh, to yeah. suck the life force out of them oh yeah the cheese cheese in the trap for sure hell yeah butter in a trap <laughs> so they had it, it, to this. one of the things that that i thought was probably the greatest scene um first of all Optimus and Megatron are G's. They they both straight up just are gonna go. Like Optimus took on the Scorpion by himself, and then Megatron is like, "No, you're not getting my guy. I'm gonna stop the Scorpion just so yeah. I can get to Meg or get to Optimus." But that conversation where Optimus Prime is like, "You know, if it wasn't for me, you wouldn't have anybody to fight, and you wouldn't have all these followers. I'm, basically, I'm your jo I'm the Joker to your Batman." Yeah, kind of conversation. Yeah. We are nothing without each other. Yeah, and I, I was like, "Whoa!" Uh, I like think I said, that Megatron was right. <laughs> I I think the one uh, thing about that scene is what Strader was talking about that I realized is when Optimus says Autobots retreat. I've never heard that sentence. It's Decepticons retreat. Retreat. Right. I don't no, watch them. They never said that because they're trying. I'll that, tell you, they're trying to blur. They're trying to blur no, the two, which I get. But yeah. I didn't realize how much hit the voice character actor grinded on my ears until I heard him say that, and I was like, "Oh, that's that's not right in a lot of ways." So are we going to talk about Scorpion not whooping their ass for thirty well, minutes? Hold on, Thank you. <laughs> that's the whole second episode. <laughs> it's the beginning. Of, well, that's the thing is that I think it's the beginning of the first or the third episode is not only is there all this setup happening but like the mandalorian and whatnot they're doing kind of these thematic things and we have aliens with this like you know like they're doing their version of aliens but instead of having small run around hiding in the vent creatures like 
Scorpinox is just tick, 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 tick. And as soon as that one dude walks up, I'm like, uh, I don't know your name. Like literally, like the powers. <laughs> you don't even have a name tag. <laughs> man. You don't need to be walking up that close. He was the black guy in horror movies. First person. Right. <laughs> well, it was hey. funny. Like he, well, he's a red shirt. Like I was looking at yeah. him. Like look at yeah. you, and you're red. You're red and white. Like you're you're a Star Trek red shirt. And boom, he catches that that tail right in the. Chat. Oh my gosh! I will say this about Scorpionic that was funny to me. I chuckled because whoever was writing his lines got the synonym book out. Because if he called you a liar, he also called you a, de- a, a falsifier, a deceiver. A, a deceiver. It was just like yeah. the whole time. He's just just one word, but he's going in on whoever it is. Oh, it was it was awesome. And and when 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 Prime uh, finally, all right, you know we can skip around, but when Prime hits him into the to the trench, right? He goes down. They think it's over, and all of a sudden, like all the noise stops, and then you just start hearing transforming. Like, I, like my oh, heart no. was beating. My heart was beating. I was like, no. yo. Not just transforming, super loud and so yes. transforming. Yes. I've never heard it on that level. Like, it was, you knew, so, it, it was like a horror movie at that point. Because, like, I literally I've said, I was a thousand out. times, oh, but shit, not like this. Happen. Um, but literally, <laughs> I, again, the when they were going back and forth, uh, Megatron and Prime, and, and I think after he had passed him up, like everything Megatron said, I was sitting there like, okay, I don't disagree with you. Like Prime, quick, and Prime knew it though. That. Prime was like, yeah, I messed up. Been saying that. Like, right. I, I was on Megatron's team this episode, except for when you know they helped you, and you still turned on him. But again, that's he's Megatron. Right, <laughs> he's exactly. the only real one in the equation. <laughs> Which the funny thing is, since Scorpionock was here, Scorpion, that's the Scorpion and the Frog parable, yeah. where the Scorpion uh, uh, acts for a ride across uh, the the lake, and he mm-hmm. and the Frog, he stabs the Frog anyway, and the Frog mm-hmm. said, "You killed me." He said, "I am who I am." I, am. I know I butchered the parable, but still, <laughs> no, no, we no. got it. Um, but yeah, like the that was the only time. But other than that, Megatron was spitting facts this episode. Yeah. Uh, uh, Lucy, did you not well, get? Uh, flashbacks of Starscream's coronation scene in this episode? I was about to go there because uh, Soundwave was like, well, what what happened? Oh, he was in the center of the explosion. And then Starscream puts his hand on his shoulder. He's like, it's time to rejoice. <laughs> that, that doesn't give a, <laughs> a beat. <laughs> Not even a beat. It's time to rejoice for new leadership. Let's go. <laughs> Not even a split second. <laughs> you know what I wanted to happen? And, and they're like, okay, let's go. I guess Starscream, you know, you're our new leader. I was really hoping he kicked Megatron's body like in the movie. Oh, dude. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're just like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> I would say we only got one tape. Um, we only got Ravager. I thought. Oh, hey, but I thought about you when that happened because what happens? The tape pops out and then he transforms. And you were like, you didn't want to see that. And it uh, did. It. And when they did it, I was like, ah, yes. <laughs> like Omar. <laughs> I wanted, I wanted Rumble. Like, you got more tapes, right? Let's see. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. know it's always Ravage first. Or Laser Beak. I could not think of the fourth one, and I refused to Google it. Ravage, Laser Beak, Rumble. What was, there was a fourth one. Frenzy. Frenzy. God dang it, that's going to make me so angry. I couldn't think of that earlier today. What did you guys think about yeah. the end of episode four? Well, he, he, 
He's not going to. I mean, end episode three. You see how the energy died right there? No, episode four. It was because it was it was it wasn't as much action, right? It was a lot of build up between Optimus. The, 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 okay, I'm sorry. I keep laughing because I, I can't get this image out of my head of that bullshit band aid that Will Jack put on Megatron. <laughs> <laughs> I've been thinking about that all day. She said metal patch. Because he didn't want to fix him at all. He basically no. like took out some bubble gum and put some <laughs> yeah. the transformer equivalent of bubble gum. Yeah. Uh anyway, but yeah, no, it's I don't know. I, it's funny, Megatron, you know. I love Megatron in, in this series. I mean, just how did we get here? You know why how we got here? I'm gonna bring another dad joke into it. He didn't have the metal. <laughs> Stupid. He said it. I didn't say it. I'm just repeating. I know. I know. I know. Uh, the, some some great uh, star screen lines. <laughs> We've had a change in management. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh, uh, uh, Prime. Oh, Prime uh, hit another one early in the one too. Um, make it so when he's going. I'm like, oh, it's straight from fucking Star Trek: <laughs> oh, The Next right. Generation. <laughs> you dirty little bitch. That was gonna be my sign out. <laughs> Okay, so so where are they? They they obviously didn't get blown up by the uh, the um, the nemesis blast, uh, and they're they're waking up in the dark somewhere. They, it says they're in the same place, but are, is this where we get to Earth? Uh, coming up to Ooh, five and that'd six. Be, that'd be that'll be interesting to find out. We shall see. Episode four, I think, did an amazing job highlighting again. Like we already talked about the fighting. Um, Megatron's charisma and uh, his interaction with Scorpinox and then bringing up the Quintessons and being like, yeah, no, we, we, we flipped on our slave masters. Like, I, like, mm -hmm. I'll tell you, I'll tell you who we are. Like, and he's so upset that he's not kicking Optimus's ass that he has to take the time to stop and explain this shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, so again, like there's just this beauty of the way that Megatron's being presented. Like there's, like Megatron is at one point and just like draped in purple because of the lighting, like the way that he just like looks and it, it just, it just undercut visually the emotional change that he's going through. And when he gets into the slug match with Optimus and he's like, I don't care if everybody else dies around us. Right. This shit's going... And the sound effects, again, we talk about the visuals and the sound, like, like you heard those punches land, like those were heavy metal on metal punches um, and they just go at it. And, and it, again, is just hella dope. It highlights the way that Decepticons, <coughs> Autobots answer problems, how they view mor moralistically the value of duty, the value of word, of honor, the the scene between Optimus and Megatron, just having that dialogue back and forth, I think was just some of the strongest writing. Um, um, but on that note, can't wait for the last two, man. It's going to be great reviewing these, and we need a lot more time than this. Editor San Antonio, I'm out. Rob Lucy, out from Phoenix, Oregon. Boba Fresh, I was out, then I was back, then I was out again, then I was out again, then I was back, and then I'm here, and now I'm out. And he's still here. Omar from Gardena, and I'm out. Big Greg from West Hills. 